Clear Channel's iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Better than before. An hour of beauty, health, fitness, and lifestyle advice from renowned columnist and author Jane Wilkins Michael and her guest, top experts in their fields. Join Jane's campaign to become better than before. Now, here she is, Jane Wilkins Michael. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show, Better Than Before, on iHeartRadio Talk. Jane, I'm coming to you live from New York City. I want to thank you so much for being with us. And now, as always, please meet my producer, Lori Houston. (laughs) Hi, Jane. Hi, Lori. You generate such warmth by your very presence, you don't even need to turn on the heat. (laughs) Okay, here's the surprise. Right before we got on the air, I got an email from the organizers of the Iditarod, you know, that famous dog sled race, the one with the Huskies starting in Alaska? Oh, yes. Yes. Well, there's a countdown. That means there are exactly 58 days, 4 hours, and 26 seconds to start the race. They are very, very precise, and I have signed us both up. (laughs) We're going to be mushers, Lori, and then we can do remotes from various stops along the way. How does that sound to you? Wow. Right? I'm speechless. There you go. And to help us get in optimal health and fitness for this feat, uh, we have a great show today. After the break, I'll be speaking to health expert Drew Manning. Remember when you heard the word gluten and all you could think about were those big muscles in your butt? <laughs> well, today everyone seems to be gluten-free, so Drew will be debunking the gluten-free diet trend and showing us how to follow it the very healthy way. And you know, uh, most people today who are actually going gluten-free don't even know what it is. I asked someone in my yoga class, what is gluten? And she said, I think it's the stuff in the bread that makes you fat. So, (laughs) but we'll learn what it really is after the break. But first, a very, very special guest. He's Dolvet Quince, one of the most in-demand fitness specialists in the country. You have all seen him as the star trainer on the NBC hit series, which is heading into its fifth season, The Biggest Loser. He was also the star of Stars Earned Stripes. I love that show. He has his own DVDs. He is a New York Times bestselling author with his book, The 3 to 1, 2 to 1 Diet, Eat and Cheat Your Way to Weight Loss, up to 20 up to 10 pounds in 21 days. Today, as we are freezing in New York City, he's coming to us from balmy 67-degree Las Vegas, where he is attending the Consumer Electronics Show to announce his very own health and wellness product in partnership with one of my favorite stores, Brookstone. But we have him right here right now. Welcome to the show, Dolvet. Thank you so much for being with us. Jane, I appreciate that amazing introduction. Thank you for having me. You can join us on our itinerant race, should you? You can, you can uh, make us go quicker, <laughs> like, like you do with the contestants. <laughs> I have to tell you, Dovet, that when I told one of my coworkers, you were going to be on this show with us today, and normally she's very, very quiet and reserved, and she blurted out, oh, my God, he is so gorgeous. <laughs> oh, and, then, and, then, and then she paused and said, did I just say that? <laughs> anyway, but, but, you, but you are, I have to tell uh, I have Thank to say. You. Dolvet, how is The Biggest Loser going so far this season? It's been a great season. Uh, you know, my fifth season, season 16 for the show, we have a amazing cast of individuals who not only work at uh, picking themselves, but they really work together no matter what team they were on. It's been my first season where the competition uh, was low and the camaraderie was high. So I really, really loved it for that reason. Right. Now, it's a great show, but you know, 
Delvet, um, the show is obviously for extremely overweight contestants. However, you know, they had to start on this road at some point in their lives. And if you think about it, for all of us, all you have to do is gain two pounds a month. And that's really not very hard to do. And that's, you know, 24 pounds a year. And it adds up year after year. So when people say, you know, how did I get this way? It, it doesn't take much. And what does take a lot is to stop the destructive cycle and say, I'm not happy. What do I do now? Right? Absolutely. I mean, our, our habits define us, doesn't it? What we do determines who we are consistently. And if we consistently make choices that are going to take us on a specific road, for example, the people that are overweight and even individuals, to your point, who don't necessarily suffer from obesity, but next thing you know, they turn around in a year and say, where did these 25 pounds come from? We have to start paying attention to our habits. We have to start paying attention to what I call the internal habits. How are you feeding your body? Are you making emotional decisions or accurate ones? Um, and, And it's just time to take ownership of that as a whole. Right. And, and eating, overeating is very emotional, you know, because people say, well, food never talks back to me. Food is very, you know, you come home from a hard day at work and it's always, you know, oh, I gotta, I gotta eat something or I have to drink something. And it's not, I mean, I never heard anyone, if they have a job promotion, say, oh, I'm going to have a really great workout on the elliptical today to celebrate that, right? You know, it's always with food yeah, or yes. wine or, you know, it's like, so it's it because we just met. That's only <laughs> Right, right. Exactly. Right. Um, but it, it's, 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 it's a, um, you know, you eat for more reasons, uh, obviously, other than just hunger, because I don't think many of us really, I mean, your stomach, if you see it, isn't it, as you know, it's not all that big, but, you know, so why do we emotionally eat? What causes us to, to overeat? What is it that goes on in our mind that's not stopping us to, to well, say? Well, I, I could speak from a chemical perspective where it's so the serotonin levels are satisfied or, uh, you know, you, you basically... Um, go to comfort. Food is comfort. It makes you feel good. It it suppresses the uh, anxiety and and depression and things of this nature because it just gives you a a sense of everything's going to be okay because when I fight into this, I feel better. And then as quickly as that happens, you then regret doing it and you feel worse again. So it's sort of like a sugar rush. It's like you, you bite into that candy bar and you get this high of euphoria and then you come down crashing. Food has such an important role on our highs and lows. That's why I've I've said this over and over again. I'll continue to say this. If we make great choices and we we train our palate, so to speak, how to appreciate quality um, and how to substitute good for bad, substituting fruit, for example, uh, for that candy bar, then you get that same um, stimulation, but... It's a, it's a better one. It's not sugar and processed food. It's fruit, for example. So you can satisfy. You just have to surround yourself with good quality food. That's true. Put it in your environment. That is true. And you get the same, as you said, you get the same sugar from, you know, raisins that you do from a chocolate cake, which sounds actually pretty good, or hot chocolate, because it's really freezing in you. It's, it's kind of nice in Las Vegas, right? It's 67 degrees, and here we're minus six. <laughs> so, what, what is, is wrong with this here. picture? I, I just landed, though, Jane. I just got here. I was in oh. Toronto yesterday, and it was negative three degrees there. Oh, really? Lori? Why do, so, Lori's, Lori's in Toronto. Lori, do you want to... Uh, uh, <laughs> Yes, I um, am. 
she, she's there. She's freezing. I'm freezing in New York. We're we're all over. We're freezing all over the place except you, Dolbet. Was it, was it three degrees or negative three, Lloyd? Uh, yeah, it was. It was even worse with the wind chill. But yeah, it was negative. Oh uh, yeah, 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 nightmare. Yeah, yeah. But now you're warm, Dolbet, and we're not. So what? What? What is wrong with this? Um, now <laughs> let, let's get back to you know we just have January first is is come and gone, and getting fit and healthy is always on the top of everyone's resolution list, and it's it's always the one that's broken. You know, it's the hardest. We break it usually by twelve oh one January first, right? Then who me? Right. Um, so how do you stick to those resolutions and and see them through? What's the mindset to say this year? I'm really going to stick with what I resolved to do. Say to yourself, I'm going to take care of this day, not this year. I think if people wake up with their daily resolution, daily goal, um, they're going to win. You know, a year can be so overwhelming. It's like, you know, people tend to overwhelm themselves. Oh my God, I got to lose 15 pounds. And if they only lose three, they're so disappointed instead of celebrating those three pounds. You understand? So, Make daily resolutions, and you will definitely win every single time. I want to sleep better tonight. I'm going to go to bed early. Uh, I'm going to work out at 2 o'clock every day this week. Have daily resolutions. You'll be great. And doable ones, too. That makes a difference because I know with my, you know, I have a program better than before. I'm actually, uh, there's a book that I, I just wrote coming out in March. And it's all about taking small steps each day, to your point. Because if you take on too much, you get overwhelmed, your mind shuts down, and you can't do any more. You can't process anything more. So you just go, well, I'm not going to work out today, and I'm going to eat whatever I want, and then I'll start Monday. And then Monday, of course, something mm. else happens. Yeah, you've heard it. How many Mondays have you heard that I'm going to start I mean, Monday? Monday. <laughs> Monday's too late. Monday is too late. Now, what do you eat? What's your diet? What did you have for breakfast today? Uh, this morning I had, um, before I got here, I had egg whites scrambled with spinach, Mushrooms, had a, uh, and, and mixed in with salmon. Um, had some mixed berries on the side and a cup of tea. I do that pretty often. I always like to put something green at every meal that I'm eating, whether it's a juice or my egg whites, for example, or spinach, uh, salad, for example. I want to put something fiber based with all that I eat with my protein. I mix it all together percentage wise. So it's, um, it's just a method that, again, I feel is effective and helps me stay lean and feel great. And when you travel, because you do travel a lot, I'm sure, um, it's so hard when you travel. When we, My son lives in uh, D.C. When we go to visit him, my husband knows every Cinnabon stop on the way down from New York. I mean, it's like radar. He knows where to stop. <laughs> I think we'll go to this rest stop. I wonder why. There's a Cinnabon stand there. So how do you, <laughs> how do you, how do you maintain? Because, you know, a lot of our listeners do travel. How do you maintain your program when you travel? So let's start with food because that's the hardest to maintain. Well, I think you have to have a plan. I tell people all the time, if you travel, have good choices in your surroundings. If, you know, pack a lunch bag. Catch a, put some things in the cooler that you know you will be successful if you do get hungry, you're on the road, you're taking a road trip. Don't forget about that need because you will crash and burn. And then what are your only options? A concession stand, a Cinnabon, for example. But you got to put yourself, you know, kids were only, I was only successful because my mom packed the lunch, uh, packed my Spider-Man lunchbox for me. So I had an <laughs> apple and I had my peanut butter, so, you know what I mean? And that made me successful. It's those same little small habits that we have as kids that we should apply as adults. Have a plan, 
surround yourself with quality stuff and you will always win. My kids remember those little white boxes on the kitchen table, i.e. Chinese takeout. (laughs) Because, you know, a lot of times we're all so busy as women, it's very hard for us to do that. But it's so important because when you start, you know, that's a big, um, I'm sure, issue that, you know, if you have kids who are overweight, they're going to grow into overweight adults as a rule. So you have to be really careful with that and start them on a good diet and and program as they're growing up, right? You get a lot of those questions, I'm sure. What do I give my children? Start them right. Absolutely. It's about a lifestyle. It's a family lifestyle. You know, they were, people say that work lifestyle so so um, nonchalantly, but it's, you know, what is your lifestyle? What Are you are you going to the store and buying cookies and chips and, and you know, buns, for example, or are you going to the store buying um, grains and fruit and lean protein and fish. I tell people all the time, eat like you're on an island. You lived on an island versus you lived in, let's say, Russia somewhere where it was cold all the time. You would probably eat fish, nuts, fruit, grains. Surround your kitchen with that stuff. Get your kids acclimated to eating kale salad and trying different recipes and cooking and things of this nature. We want to equip our children. I speak them as a father. I equip my son with good quality choices. I, I get him in the kitchen so that if I'm not around, he knows how to fend for himself. And we try recipes, etc. So it's really good for families to set themselves and their families up to be successful as they get older. Right. I guess it's out those drinks with the little umbrellas that you have on the island. You're killing me, those? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, put it in your kale salad. Absolutely. Put it in, right. Put it in put your it protein shake. No, no, put it no, in your no. protein you, shake. You put a little kale in it, but it's, it's okay, right? Um, now, let's talk a little about workouts. Do you have any quick workouts that we can do? I know, again, I'm sure that it's very hard, of course, to you know, be on the kind of program. Though I'm very jealous of the contestants, the biggest loser. I would love to do this uh, all the time. I mean, that's, that's you know, but it, it's not really practical. How do you take what uh, you've learned from the show and just kind of edit it down to daily that you could do every single day exercise-wise? Um, I think what I like to do is people don't have a lot of time. They have a limited amount of time. They want to access as much as they can in a short period of time. If you're on your own, you don't have access to a class. You get to the gym, and you're like, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. you got to mix in both ways of training, both strength training as well as cardio. So I do a 10-10 program, which is 10 minutes of cardio the moment I get to the gym, and then 10 minutes of strength training in a major body part. So I'll do 10 minutes of my legs. Anything I can think of, for example, squats, lunges, calf raises, hamstring curls, I'll do everything for 10 minutes. I'll then go back and do another 10 minutes of cardio and do my upper body for 10 minutes, major, my chest, my back. I go back to another 10 minutes of cardio, and then last, I end with 10 minutes of unforgotten muscles, my shoulders. So I have a full body workout going back and forth like that. I'm not bored. It's a great way to train. It's a great way to get great results, stay lean, and you just feel good at the end of it. You're out of the gym in an hour, in and out, and you're good to go. So you don't need to spend all day on the elliptical machine. That's like my nightmare, the elliptical machine and spin class. But other than that, <laughs> I try to sit, but I can't imagine, Delvet, being in the gym and, you know, doing my whatever I do on the treadmill and then having you in the next treadmill <laughs> doing your workout. It's like, whoa. <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> will I ever be able to get very, to, very good. <laughs> will I ever be able to get I, to that level? <laughs> yeah, I mean I think with a little hard work and dedication you can do anything. Um go. one of the things I'm definitely pushing though while I'm here is that massage matters. A lot of people are always about we're having conversations about what should we eat, what should we work out. Very seldom do people, especially in my space, can talk about uh, rehab and rehabilitation and and recovery. I want to bring that to the forefront. That's why I partnered with Brookstone to be an ambassador talking about recovery and how it could benefit and help you live last, <laughs> live longer, have a more effective physique, and get better results. That's very important. That was actually my next question, that a lot of people think that massage is really a luxury. But it is a very, very important part of emotional, physical, spiritual well-being. It's it's everything, and it's so it, it really is something that we should all do, uh, you know, monthly, weekly, if we can. But now, tell us about the product that you have with Brick, Brookstone, the roller. I have the uh, the, the body foam roller is amazing. Um, it's uh, a foam roller but it has vibration to it. So you're able to go fast, faster, fastest, which is one of its kind because you've used a foam roller before, I'm sure, mm-hmm. but never one with added stimulation. So I'm so proud of this product because it's unique and you get an even deeper massage and an even deeper experience in terms of uh, the effectiveness of it. So I'm really excited to be a part of this. And where can we, is it out yet officially or is it coming out? Yeah, it's, um, you can order it right now on Brookstone.com and it'll be in stores on Monday. Oh, wonderful. This is very timely. Lori, we're going to order one right now. Okay. (laughs) Go, 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 go. And how do you use it? You use it between, I mean, at the gym, do you take it with you or do you use it at home before when you work out, you know, to kind of um, ease your muscles or do is it before you work out or both? It's both. Do it pre and post. Do it, definitely grab it before you do any, from yoga to lifting to running, whatever your activity level is, whatever workout you're about to do, make sure you get on this first. Warm up those muscles. Do your workout and then post-workout you use this as part of your stretch routine. That is key. People don't, people literally work out and they walk out the door. Trust me, it's the last thing you want to do. You want to take a second, use this equipment because you will rehab faster than your counterparts and your workout's going to be much more improved. That's good to know. All right, I'm ordering. I'm ordering it. That then I'm having you. Ordering you as we speak. As we speak, I'm ordering it. Right? <laughs> what can I tell you? Now, Delvet, we're almost at the end of our interview, but I do want to ask you: Is there, if you could leave our listeners with a mantra, with something that they could keep on their refrigerators, by their night table, by in their car? You know, words of wisdom from you that will get them going, keep them going, and make them change around their lives to become better than before. What would you say? Be better than yesterday. Add a little bit more of improvement tomorrow than you did today. I always say that all the time. I live by that. I want to be a little bit better than I was yesterday. What am I going to do about that? Be better than yesterday. 
Right. That's also my my campaign to be better than before. Well, thank you so much, Dolette. Now, we're going to watch you on The Biggest Loser, of course, and we can yes. buy your book. Your book is, tell us what your book is. Uh, the 3121 Diet Book. So that's available also? Yeah, that's available on Amazon.com and all uh, airports and bookstores throughout the U.S. So we can surround ourselves with all things Dolvet, Quince, right? And Please then we do. We, we, and we be are, sure and go to Brookstone and, and pick up that new body form foam roller. It's hot right now. It's crazy. We will, we will do that. Thank you so much for being with us. Wonderful to have you, you on so the much. show. I'd love to have you back, and then we can talk more about about diet and exercise and and all things, um, and and then how my improvement having having heard this and having done your exercise routine, which I'm going to add to mine, and the diet. I'm yes. going to have put I'm going to put a little kale in my lunch as we speak. So there you go. Please thank, do. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, everyone. Stay with us after the break. We'll be back with health expert Drew Manning and talk about the correct way to go gluten free in a segment I will call "Wheat No More." Um, and it's timely because this Tuesday is National Gluten Free Day. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Everyone, stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show on iHeart Radio Talk. This portion of the Jane Wilkins Michael Show is brought to you by Express Scripts. Express Scripts oversees 1.4 billion pharmacy claims each year on behalf of employers, health plans, unions, and government health programs. Express Scripts works to make the use of prescription drugs safer and more affordable for the 100 million Americans they serve. Understanding that better decisions lead to healthier outcomes, Express Scripts helps patients make the best drug choices and health choices possible. Their disease-specific pharmacists are here to help you better understand your prescribed therapy, lower your overall health care costs, and, ultimately, stay on the path to better health. For more information, visit ExpressScripts.com. Want to know where you can hear Jane Wilkins' Michael's show better than before? Well, that's easy. You can tune in to Jane via Clear Channel's iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and at bmajor.org. Now, back to Jane Wilkins-Michael and Better Than Before. Welcome back, everyone. We are on the air live. You're listening to the Jane Wilkins-Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm with Lori, as always, and now I am delighted to welcome to the show Drew Manning. He is a personal trainer, the author of the New York Times bestselling Fit to Fat to Fit, a terrifically inspirational book. We'll talk more about it in a bit. He's also teamed up with Acosta Vida Fresh Mexican Grill, the national restaurant franchise known to be gluten-friendly, and I wish they would deliver me lunch today, Drew. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, uh, I, want it, I want it. I want it now. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me on. It's my pleasure. Now, before we focus on uh, being gluten-free the right way, which is, uh, uh-huh. you know, it's, I didn't even realize there is a National Gluten-Free Day on Tuesday. That was news to me. I just heard about it today. And Lori, yeah, my producer, that. just heard that it, we're, we're going to be on the itinerad. I'm signing her up for the Husky Dog Race. She was a little shocked because she didn't realize <laughs> that I was going to do that to her on the air, but <laughs> I think... Funny. <laughs> thanks, right? She just said thanks. Uh, now, I, I was fascinated 
a buyer book on May 7, 2011. I hope I, I got the date right. You took a very interesting yes. journey from being fit to being fat, then getting fit again. And just a little backstory for our listeners. Um, you totally let yourself go for six months, having never really been out of shape. You gained 70 pounds. Then you completely turned yourself around and got back into shape the right way. And at that time, uh, as part-time personal trainer, you work full-time in the medical field, you realized that it was time to practice what you had been preaching to your clients and patients. And everyone thought you didn't know what it's like to be heavy, to be out of shape, to have bad eating habits, because you never did. So you took it upon yourself to take this journey, you know, that most of us take on a, on a day-to-day basis. You know, we could have just told you about it, Drew. You didn't have to go that far. <laughs> but, um, uh, and you were in great shape when you started out. You're 6'2". Your waist <clears throat> seemed to be the same size as mine, and I'm only like 5'2". So um, tell us about the highlights of uh, what, what you learned in these six months, you know, starting with your first bite of, of donut. Sure. Yeah. That's uh, first of all, my my journey fit to that state was was a little bit crazy and it was kind of controversial, but I felt like for me it was necessary because, you know, at the time I had a tough time relating to my clients and they had a tough time relating to me. You know, they would say, Drew, you know what? You've always been in shape. You don't understand how hard it is to let go of soda. And before I was like, well. Why is it so hard to stop drinking soda? I told you not to drink it, and you cheat it again and again and again. I don't understand why it's so hard not to, you know, do these things that I'm telling you. And so I felt like for me it was necessary to do this. Um, so going through it, I mean, that was my mentality going through this whole thing. It wasn't to rub it in anybody's face and say, look, I did it. You know, now you have no excuse. It was to go to, it was to gain a better understanding, to gain empathy. And let me tell you, it was honestly uh, way harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> way very, harder very to, eat, humbling. to eat donuts? I don't think so. I'll tell you, it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it started off easy. I will admit, the first few months were fun. It was it was, it yeah. was easy. And you have the sense of freedom. Like, I was, for me, for the first time, like, wow, I could eat whatever I want to. I don't have to worry about going to the gym. And, yeah, I'll admit, it was fun for about two months until – you know, certain changes started happening. I was more lethargic. I started snoring in the night, um, you know, bending over and tying my shoes. I had to, I had to hold my breath. Couldn't keep, I couldn't keep up with my two-year-old daughter who had a ton of energy. And so slowly that freedom kind of goes away, and then you start to feel trapped. But anyways, it, the surprise to me was how much of this journey uh, was more uh, mental and emotional than just physical. And uh, that's probably one of the biggest things that I learned right away was, wow, um, you know, it's not just about, um, you know, gaining weight and, you know, getting a big belly and then losing it. It's so much more of an emotional journey that I had no idea until I went through it myself. And then the other thing that I took away was how addictive food became. <laughs> you know, before I told you, I was saying to my clients, well, why is it so hard? Don't drink soda. It's just, you know, lack of willpower. But I finally realized that food addiction is real. It's way more powerful than I ever imagined it would be. And it took me going through this for six months to realize just how powerful it is because when I tried to get off of the processed foods, it was literally like going through hell. Um, uh, it was just, I kind of, you know, I, I've never been addicted to drugs, but I would imagine it's just as hard uh, getting off of sugar as it is getting off of any other drug that's addictive. And so it really opened up my eyes and it was very humbling. Well, you know, we talked about this a little in the first segment, that people use food for not just hungry because most of us, when we eat, how much can you really eat? You know, a lot of people eat, um, and especially, you know, in America, the portions are huge. Um, and and mm-hmm. when you, you eat, you, you, you are full 
with just a little bit of food. You don't need all that much food. So once you stop being hungry, and a lot of people don't know what really what what that that cutoff point is. I'm not hungry anymore now. I'm eating for something other than you know. You're eating because emotional. You're eating because you're upset. You're eating because you're stressed. Yeah. So it is a very emotional journey for food. And and someone once told me that. Um, you know, that she said, well, you know, my ice cream soda never tells me that I have a fat behind in that dress. And then I'm thinking, well, you know, the ice cream soda is what caused you to have that fat behind to begin with, you know? So, Very true. It's, uh, so to get off of this addiction is really, really hard, is to your point. It is. And um, especially in our culture, in our society, you know, we have so many holidays and birthdays. And so, yeah, we don't only eat our emotions, but then we eat socially for social gatherings. And it just becomes part of our culture, and we grow up that way, and we pass it on to our kids, and so it's ingrained in us, and, and it's tough to break that cycle, you know? We, we, you know, and that's the hard thing, is you eat these foods, and it's not like immediately your kidney hurt or your liver hurt, right? You eat these foods, and, and you feel okay, you still feel healthy. It isn't until over time, after treating your body like this, you know, time and time again, that it catches up to you, and that's when people are like, oh, well, now I need to change. <laughs> So, so how did what did you learn? How did you then how were you able to change? How did you get off the 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 addictive cycle? How did you say, well, of course for you then, you know, part of your journey was that you wanted to get back in shape, but um how what happened in your mentally? How did you what was the self-talk that you used to get yourself back uh, eating, you know, getting off the addiction of sugar and yeah. salt? Salt is addictive too. Yeah, so for me, I, I kind of talk, I go into this in, in my book in, in more detail, but it comes down to accountability, the power of, of being accountable to other people. And I know people are fearful of of telling people or, you know, uh, telling their friends or family, uh, look, I'm trying to lose weight um, because they feel like, well, if I tell them that and fail, then I'll look bad. But honestly, for me, what kept me going, because, yeah, there were times where I wanted to have my mouth do my sentence crunch. Um, but I knew that I was accountable to all these people that were watching my journey, you know, through my website. And so I knew that I had to do this no matter how hard, you know, it sucked to have to go through those headaches and grumpiness and moodiness. And so what I recommend people doing is publicly declaring their goals, whether on social media, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, telling their friends and family, telling as many people as possible that you're trying to make a lifestyle change. And then from there, you'll find out who your support system is going to be. Because there's going to be people along the way on your journey that are going to either try and sabotage you or that will support you and say, you know what, okay, well, you know, instead of us going out to eat, maybe we could stay in and cook something healthy. Or, you know, when you're when we're out to eat and everyone else is eating unhealthy, I'll make sure to keep you on track because I know you're going to want to give in and have a beer or you're going to want to give, give in and have, like, the pasta like these people are having, but I'll eat healthy with you, you know, those kinds of things. Um, so that's why it's it's, it's essential that to find your support system and be accountable to somebody because it's way harder mentally and emotionally to lose weight than it is physically. Physically, you just, you know, reduce your calories, you exercise, and that's the physical side of it. But we don't focus on the mental and emotional side of it as much as we should because, um, uh, you know, we give in <laughs> and it, it, it's tough to break old habits. So that's why my main focus now is to get people to focus on the mental and emotional challenges and then... Uh, the physical things, you know, can come easy to most people, but it's the mental and emotional challenges. Like, what do we do when we're stressed? Or we have a bad day or, um, you know, we're, we have tempting food in front of us. Those kinds of things are, are the real problem 
to making it a lifestyle change versus just another diet. You know, it's interesting you mentioned pasta. I interviewed a nutritionist a while back, and he looked at me and said, Honey, we don't eat Italian. We wear Italian. <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah. and he, he was the same. He was the same doctor who said, "Why don't you just don't even bother eating that bagel? Just stick it on your thigh because that's where it's going to end up anyway, right?" So, but yeah. what you know, when we we are certainly when you go out to dinner and friends, and I know myself because I do have kind of a limited diet that I eat, and and we'll talk about mm-hmm. gluten free in a minute. But there are people who say, "Oh, come on, you know, how can you not eat that?" Or they think you're kind of strange yeah. because you order a salad, and they try to say, "Well, that's not dinner, or that's a salad, yeah. or that's not dessert, that's fruit, that's separate." Um, so, I mean, how do you, um, uh, you, you can make that announcement, but then how do you stick to it? How do you say, look, I'm going to have the salad without feeling like you are being kind of ostracized by this group of people? Not everyone is going to be eating salads with you, unfortunately. There are people. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And that's where you need to have a frank talk with these, with these people that are, you know, maybe your friends or even your close family that, you know, it's like, well, why would you try and sabotage someone you care about? Why would you try and t- sabotage their goals? And you, you need to be frank and candid with them and say, look, if you're not going to support me in this journey, you know, I'm going to have to find other people that can. And don't be afraid to let people go temporarily um, that aren't going to support you because if they really care about you and they're your true friend or family, then they should care about you and your health. Right? It's not just about weight loss or getting skinny. I know that's the ultimate goal for some people, but if you really care about someone and their health, then you will support them in this journey. And so, uh, unfortunately, you find a lot of people sabotaging um, their friends or family with little comments like that, like they don't mean to, but it's those little tiny comments that kind of, uh, you know, uh, dis- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Distract or kind of uh, deter yeah, people sabotage from their goals. It does, and then because they want to have someone to eat with, and they feel funny eating the plate of pasta <laughs> if you're eating, you know, a kale, a steamed kale. So, but yeah. hopefully the end result is that they'll start eating better too. So, I mean, I think that's it's a win-win. And now, you know, you the internet and everything you read, and and, and everyone's talking about the amount of illness in this country, and we can avoid mm-hmm. it in a, in a certain in a way. I mean, it doesn't hurt to get healthy food wise. You know, you might not avoid yeah. everything, but certainly it plays a big role, your diet, in uh, your mental and your physical uh, state of how, how you feel. You know, if you have a hangover the next day, you're not going to function at your best. Uh, <laughs> you're not, you know. And if you feel yeah. you wake up in the morning and say, oh, I can't believe I ate that whole, you know, the, whatever it was, chocolate uh-huh. cake, you don't feel well. And and that sort yeah. of, it, it, it has legs, you know. It's not, not just eating it. It's like how you feel the next day, the next week. And then when you look in the mirror, you feel even worse. So. Um, yeah. Now let's go because gluten played a big role in in your diet, and and you said that um, you know you were doing it all the wrong way, and you gained weight being on a on a gluten free diet. And you know, Drew, as you know, everybody is now um, gluten free. Uh, you know, except yeah. my husband. <laughs> except my husband. My husband is pro pizza. Let's put it that oh, way. Oh, okay, gotcha. And. Um, <laughs> You know, some people can't eat gluten for medical reasons. They're allergic or celiac disease. But a lot of people don't eat it because, you know, someone in their yoga class told them not to. Um, and, and most of them, as you know, they don't know what it is to begin with. You know, they said, what is it? It's the flour derivative of wheat or it's a grain or, as yeah. I said earlier, it's that part in the wheat that makes you fat. So what, what, is, what is gluten? Let's, let's yeah. make, clarify this for everyone out there. What is it? Sure. So uh, gluten is a mixture of two different proteins that are are commonly found in 
uh, certain grains, specifically wheat, which we is very common here in America, but also things like barley and rye. Um, and uh, those proteins, people with celiac disease, have a very, very tough time. They they can't process those proteins, which causes a lot of um, um, painful symptoms or side effects because they can't process those those proteins in those grains. And so it's funny you ask, ask that because one of the reasons I decided to do my gluten-free journey was I watched a clip from Jimmy Fallon where he did this spoof where he went around asking strangers, you know, on the street, you know, hey, are you gluten-free? And these people would say, yeah, yeah, I'm gluten-free, you know, it's, it's the new thing. They didn't know Everyone's why. And <laughs> yeah, and then you asked them, what's gluten? And no one had any idea exactly what gluten was. They were like, oh, uh, you know, well, it makes you fat, um, and that's why I'm gluten-free. And so people had no idea, and that's when you know it's become a fad and very popular. If you have people like Jimmy Kimmel or South Park doing these spoofs <laughs> on the gluten-free diet. So I felt like, you know, it's time to educate people on both sides of this diet because there's benefits to it course. I mean, obviously, if you have celiac disease, uh, you have to be gluten-free. Um, but the gluten sensitivity, right? People, you know, self-diagnose themselves with, hey, I'm gluten-sensitive. and Or some people think, hey, you know, this is the new weight loss thing, so I'm going to jump on board too. And so I wanted to expose the unhealthy side of it because, honestly, it, it's become a fad, and that means that there's unhealthy products that are marketed to people that choose to be gluten-free that, in my opinion, are just as unhealthy, if not worse than the non-gluten-free foods. Um, and so that's what I wanted to do with this gluten-free fat-to-fit journey was show the unhealthy side of it and what it can do to you. And then if you're going to be gluten-free, here's the right way to do it. Right. Um, now, we're going to take a, a really quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about what we the do's and don'ts of being yes. gluten-free. So everyone stay with us. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking more about this segment called Wheat No More. How do you like that, Drew? I gave it a, I gave it a <laughs> name. Wow. Uh, <laughs> okay. Congrats. Everyone, you're, you're listening to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show, Better Than Before, on iHeartRadio Talk. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Want to know where you can hear Jane Wilkins Michael's show better than before? Well, that's easy. You can tune into Jane via Clear Channel's iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and at bmajor.org. Now, back to Jane Wilkins Michael and better than before. Welcome back, everyone. We are on the air live. You're listening to the Jane Wilkins Michael show on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm here with Drew Manning. We're talking all about n- knowing what gluten-free is to begin with. As, I, as we talked about, nobody really knows. So <laughs> not, not too many people know. It's just that it's become a trend that's out of, uh, it, it's getting out of hand. And yeah. um, as, as you mentioned also, Drew, when you go into a supermarket, it seems like everything is, is, is gluten-free. And when you look at the labels on the boxes that's gluten-free, uh, you know, it's not healthy whatsoever. And, and they've yeah. replaced the gluten with more sugar and more salt. I mean, whatever, the flour, it's meal, it's not even flour. So I don't know if, you know, just looking for gluten-free, I mean, obviously you know better than I, is it, that's not the, that, that isn't what we should be doing. We should be getting more health and, and, and doing it for reasons other than, um, uh, no, Laura, just tell me she has, oh, corn, gluten-free. Yeah, I'm corn. I, I actually, I can't eat corn. I can't, I'm not gluten-sensitive. I've had tests. Uh-huh. However, I am wheat-sensitive and I shouldn't have corn, I shouldn't have oats, I shouldn't have, you know, brown rice, kill me now. But, um, you know, so there are people who really who shouldn't eat it health-wise. Now, if you do eat wheat and gluten, what are some of the, I mean, what is it that happens to us that's unhealthy if we do eat it, other than yeah. celiac? 
So some of the symptoms, yeah. So it, it, this is the tough part because it, it, some people might not experience any symptoms, but that doesn't mean that it's not causing damage inside of your body, right? So it still could cause things like inflammation um, in your body that you're not really feeling right away, but it could be anything from, you know, um, digestion issues, uh, bloating, gas, um, diarrhea, uh, from anything from that to, you know, fatigue, joint pain, um, arthritis. Uh, are also symptoms of not only celiac, but some people have noticed these symptoms with uh, gluten sensitivity as well. So um, there's a, there's a range of symptoms. I mean, uh, it could be anything like a different digestion issues to uh, you know just fatigue. Yeah, and you know, so you mentioned inflammation. the The latest studies today on health are. Um, are saying that inflammation is the cause of many of the illnesses today. In fact, that a, mm-hmm. you know, illness cannot live in an alkaline body and yet in an acidic body it can thrive. So yeah. a lot of the heart problems, cancer they're saying, I mean, a lot of the things that, you know, normally you wouldn't uh, think about uh, inflammation, but they're saying that there is a connection somehow to that. So what you're saying basically, too, is that the, the wheat is, uh, it, it could cause some of this inflammation. So other than for pure medical reasons of celiac, and I don't think that many people have celiac, certainly not as many people are gluten-free, you know, there are other yeah. health issues um, that you have to keep in mind that you just feel better when you cut out certain food. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the things we recommend people doing actually is for at least 10 days, we try and get people to do it for 30 days, is to take one of those food items out of your diet for 10 to 30 days, right? So say you want to do gluten-free or wheat-free to see if you have, you know, um, a sensitivity to it. Take it out of your diet completely anywhere from 10 to 30 days. Um, and then after those 10 to 30 days of going 100% without that one food item, then you re-implement it back in and see how your body reacts. So you could do that with wheat, with gluten, with dairy, um, all kinds of different types of foods to see if you have a sensitivity to it. And when you re-implement it back in and you have some type of adverse uh, reaction to it, then you most likely know you have a sensitivity to that one specific food. So if you want to find out if you're gluten-sensitive without going to a doctor or getting a test, eliminate gluten from your diet completely and then after those 10 to 30 days, re-implement it back in, see how your body reacts. If you have bloating, gas, uh, stomach pain, or other issues, most likely you're sensitive to that, um, the gluten in the food. Right. Now, a lot of the, it's a little misleading, a little deceptive, because they say go, oats um, are, now aren't oats just gluten-free? It's uh, in general, I mean, I don't know if there's gluten in oats. However, it's processed in factories that can be next to something with gluten, and so they exactly. they differentiate. <laughs> Right, I mean, it's so like cross, that, yeah, cross contamination. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the other thing. It's tough. It, it's tough. So let's say, let's get a list of things we should eliminate for our health. What would you start with for? I mean, you say one by one, but let's give some uh, examples of what you might want to eliminate um, on a week or monthly basis. Let's start with bread. Yeah, start with bread. Um, any, I would actually start with any grain. Uh, start with any kind of grain. Um, but wait, let me ask you first. Are you talking about specifically if we want to eliminate gluten or like what, or are you, are you asking, let me make sure I understand your question. Are you asking, uh, about other food items like dairy, 
Um, no, no, and, let's not uh, let's stick with because then we have we need like five hours to talk about dairy and, <laughs> okay, gotcha. and, and, and nuts. Gotcha. And, you know, we can we can go on it. You'll come I back and we'll talk. Saying. We'll talk about dairy because someone said <laughs> I should eliminate dairy, and I said, oh no, no, not dairy yeah. milk. Are you kidding me? So, but okay, let's so let, let's focus on gluten. Yeah. So, how would okay. what would you start with eliminating uh, if you want to follow gluten free the right way? Yeah. So any kind of breaded items. So things like breads, pastas. Uh, bagels, muffins, cookies, cakes. Um, those are the, the most well-known gluten-filled uh, items, right? But the things you need to watch out for that are kind of tricky are things such as <laughs> uh, certain soups, um, salad dressings, um, soy sauce, uh, all kinds of uh, marinades and things like that. Even, um, even, <laughs> even this is kind of funny, but even uh, envelopes, um, you know, the part that you lick, that part contains gluten too. Um, it, which is funny because gluten is in almost everything. It's in some lipsticks even. So you need to go and even some vitamins and prescription drugs. So you need to make sure that those food items that you're purchasing are labeled gluten free because then that's how you know it, it is gluten free. And most, and most things nowadays, you know, it's so common. They, you know, certain multivitamins will say gluten free or, or if you, uh, want to check to see if your prescription is gluten free, you're going to ask your doctor about that because they might not be labeled. But, Gluten is, is almost everywhere. But those are a list of uh, the most common things and also uncommon things that you might not think has gluten in it. Oh, first that they want to take away my milk now. I can't even lick envelopes anymore. I mean, this is what <laughs> what is wrong with life? <laughs> um, Isn't that crazy? But, yeah. but um, so let's say you want to, um, you know, as you said, give up bread and all that. Now, of course, there's substitutes for that. You can go into the sure. supermarket and go. With, now, what should you look for? And, and some of them, as we said earlier, are not that healthy. What should you look for in ingredients, even if they are gluten-free, that are good for you, that, you, that you know, they're not replaced with something worse than gluten? Sure. So let me, before we even get to that point, we need to back up and talk about the majority of foods that you should buy if you do decide to be gluten-free should be naturally gluten-free foods. So the majority of your food should come from things that are naturally gluten-free. So fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, um, uh, uh, good quality meats, those kinds of things are already naturally gluten-free. So that should be the majority of your diet. Now if you go in to look for substitutes, um, this is the thing to be careful for, careful of because this is what caused me to gain 20 pounds in two months and doubled my body fat percentage in two months eating gluten-free is because I ate all those substitute things. So very rarely you should treat yourself to gluten-free bread, gluten-free chips, gluten-free pizza, gluten-free cupcakes, you know, those kinds of things because those are the things that caused me to gain all that weight and double my body fat percentage. So every once in a while to treat, here's what to look for. You want to look for things that are low in sugar. So that's the first thing I tell people to look at on a nutrition label. See how much sugar is is added to this product. And then from there, look at the list of ingredients. If there are, you know, 30 or 20 plus ingredients in a, a, a food item that's, uh, uh, that's a processed food item at the grocery store, most likely there's a ton of preservatives in it, especially if you can't pronounce a lot of those things. Um, so look for the things with the least amount of ingredients, right? Look for things that are lower in sugar, that have no added sugar to it, right? Um, so no high fructose corn syrup, no dextrose or sucrose or glucose, you know, there's a lot of added sugar in our, in our processed food nowadays. Um, and those are the things to look for. And then obviously with bread and things like that, I'm okay with everyone. Oh, they're going to, you know, use things like tapioca starch and uh, they might use rice, <clears throat> rice flour. In my opinion, 
there's not really any of these substitute fibers that are better than others. Just know that they're not very nutrient-dense, which is why the majority of your calories shouldn't come from these processed foods. They should come from those naturally gluten-free foods that we talked about earlier. And then maybe 10% of your calories can come from these processed foods. That way, you're not missing out on all the uh, the phytonutrients from um, the other types of foods um, that you should be eating uh, most of the time. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. That's a very cool. good point because you know you don't want to, as you said, when you gain so much weight that uh, yeah. from from eating all the what you thought was you know the right gluten uh, gluten free <laughs> products, you can. It's just like when they took out sugar and they made things low fat. They added yeah. low fat. They added like tens more sugar. So it, you know it was all. I, I'm not sure that's in, that it's no better for you as you said earlier. So yeah. you know you you have to be really careful. They do have gluten free cookies, but it's the same. All they did is take out the wheat flour. <laughs> and replace it with some, the same sugar, the same salt, the same butter, you know, or whatever it was in it. So it's, it's very, very exactly. true. Now, what, what do you eat? What is your program? Because you're in, you know, if you look on your website, you're in very good shape now. You've, you've gotten back to your uh, fighting trim, as they say. Um, what, what is ex- an example of what you eat during the day? Yeah, so that's a good question. And, and what I tell people is what works for one person might not work for everybody else. But for me, 90% of my food comes from whole foods. Right, so um, you know, I am eating uh, a lot. You don't of mean the store. Vegetables. You don't mean the store, right? You mean the actual food that's whole. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing a pitch for whole foods here. <laughs> just want, just want to make that clear. <laughs> yes, I'm doing uh, real food. I should, okay, real, I'll say real food <clears throat> instead of whole food. So hardly anything processed, right? Most of my foods come from real foods. Um, the, the majority of my carbs come from uh, nutrient dense vegetables. And I tell people there's two things you need to look at with any kind of a diet, whether it's a gluten-free diet, paleo diet, vegan diet. One is your glycemic load, so how much sugar are you adding into your body with these foods that you're eating? And then two is the nutrient density. So if you look at my gluten-free diet the first two months where I gained the weight, the glycemic load was through the roof. There was added sugar in all kinds of these gluten-free goodies that you find at the store and very, very low nutrients. Whereas the second half now, now that I'm losing weight and getting back in, back to fit, it's all nutrient-dense food and no added sugar, okay? So hardly anything processed. So I, I eat a lot of uh, kale and broccoli and spinach and Brussels sprouts and asparagus and squash and uh, zucchini and green beans, and that's where most of my carbs come from. And then I do eat a lot of berries, so strawberries, raspberries, blueberries. Um, every once in a while, um, I will have things like apples or bananas or oranges, but berries are a little bit more nutrient-dense, more fiber more antioxidants, um, and uh, and then also I eat, you know, good quality meat. So I do eat a lot of salmon, chicken, turkey. Uh, I eat red meat every once in a while, um, but, you know, I try and get the grass-fed when I can. Um, but sometimes, you know, with your budget, it's not always affordable for, for everybody. So I try and tell people if you do try and uh, eat, uh, you know, non-organic or non-grass-fed uh, uh, meats, get trim off all the fat. Because the fat is where all the, you know, maybe antibiotics or hormones or toxins are stored. So turn off all the fat from, if you're, if you're on a budget with these lower quality meats, just turn off the fat. Um, and, and that way, you know, you're still getting uh, decent quality meat. Does that make sense? And then I eat a lot of uh, nuts and seeds and uh, a lot of fat, to be honest with you. I eat a lot of coconut oil, avocados, avocado oil, um, olives. And um, so, yeah, I eat good quality protein good quality fats, and good carbs from nutrient-dense foods. 
No, please don't tell me all you eat is a smoothie for breakfast. I have to eat a breakfast. I can't drink a breakfast. I'm sorry. People say, oh, yeah. I, I just had a smoothie. That's not breakfast. That's, you know, a, like a snack. But wait, I mean, do you have egg? Are you uh, egg-free? I don't eat eggs. I just don't happen to like them. But um, do you eat egg whites? Mm-hmm. I do eat eggs. I love yeah. eggs. Um, that's where another good source of protein. Um, yeah, so I, I, my body handles eggs pretty well. And so you don't eat like gluten-free toast and stuff. You don't do their gluten-free waffles. Not on the second half. Not on the second half of the journey. Because what I want to do is educate people on how to do it the right way, the way it was intended to be. Um, because people, when they do gluten-free, they're like, oh, I'll just go to the store and buy anything that's labeled gluten-free, and that way I'm technically in the gluten-free section. But they're missing out on so many nutrient-dense foods. And so on the second half of the journey, I'm not eating a whole lot of processed food whether it's gluten-free toast or gluten-free chips, because that's what caused me to gain the weight and double my body fat percentage in the first two months. Yeah, they have the best gluten-free chocolate chip cookies, I have to tell you. <laughs> I don't normally go <laughs> off into this direction, but let me tell you, every once yeah. in a while, it is yummy. And it's like yes. organic. Uh, you know, I do shop, by the way, I do sure. shop at Whole Foods, but they, they have a cookie that's <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. And so that that's... um. Uh, yeah, so I would, and now do you eat cheese too? A lot of cheese or no? You, you um, I, I don't, I'm, so I'm lactose intolerant. And so oh, I don't know dairy very well. So for me, I don't do hardly any dairy except for when I have a cheat meal. So after my gluten-free fat-to-fit journey is done, right, when I get back to fit, I'll re-implement maybe a, a little bit of gluten here and there or a little bit of dairy here and there, usually in my cheat meals, like when I have like a treat or a dessert. Um, but for the most part, I eliminate it because, you know, I'm lactose intolerant. We all know what happens <laughs> Yeah. Uh, lactose, so. Oh, you're no fun. I was going to ask you about it. Know, that's a whole, that's a whole other show about getting off of dairy. We're going to have, we, we need a whole other hour okay. because that's, we'll that's that hard. One. That's really, and it cheese. I mean, life isn't worth living if you can't have cheese. Uh, that's, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So, uh, so you can't have like goat milk or ha- goat milk is kind of not great taste, but do you have hemp yeah. milk and almond milk and all that I stuff? I do almond milk and coconut milk. Those are the two milks that I use. And I always do the unsweetened kind so there's no added sugar. I don't get the chocolate or the other flavored ones, just unsweetened. So I had blood tests. I can't have, I can't, I'm allergic to coconut and I'm allergic to almonds. So it oh. leaves it leaves me with hemp milk. <laughs> my, my husband said, can you get high on this stuff? I said, no, I don't think it's that kind of hemp. Uh, but it, it's, it, um, so, you know, if you don't have, and, and of course there are vegans who don't eat anything from mm-hmm. an animal, even honey is, is or yeah. eggs, of course, but that's a whole different, that's another different show. We're yeah. going to have you on for exactly. like segments, a segment after, <laughs> after segment. So um, <laughs> we are uh, coming to the end of our time here, Drew. So let, let us wrap up a little bit in the next, like in the next sure. two minutes. What, what do you say? So let's do the ABCs of going gluten-free. What, what is your advice? So we have it all recapped in this uh, part. Sure. I'll make it really short. Stay away from processed gluten-free foods as much as possible. Um, and then the majority of your calories uh, should come from a naturally free gluten-free foods. Or naturally gluten-free foods, sorry. So things like vegetables and fruit and nuts and seeds and, uh, and good quality meats. And for the most part, if you do that, you will be so much better off, um, in the long run versus if you just buy the convenient, tasty, packaged, uh, gluten-free foods that are 
pretty much everywhere. It's, a, it's an eleven billion dollar industry, just FYI. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's growing yeah. every and, year and, and growing and growing every year. So, and as you said, there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it, and you're telling us the right yes. way to do it. Um, just briefly, tell us about your partnership with Costa Vida. Is that that's a gluten? That's a restaurant that offers a Mexican restaurant that offers gluten free fare. Yes. Right? So I'm super excited about Costa Vida and my partnership with them because I've eaten there for years in the past. And then when I did a gluten-free journey, I noticed they had a lot of uh, options on the menu that were uh, gluten-friendly, right? So something I could go and get. But at the same time, I had to be healthy, too. And so one of the cool things that I noticed on the website they have is this uh, nutrition calculator. So I would go on their website, and I could customize my meals to the way I wanted it. And it spits out the nutrition facts based on which dressing you use, you know, which uh, type of meat you use. And so for me, if I wanted to fit my macros or my calories, I can play with the nutrition calculator to get the salad to to uh, be the way I want it to from a nutritional perspective and have it be group three. Um, and then that way you know how much protein is in it, how much sugar, how much fiber, uh, how much fat, and how many carbs are, how many net carbs are in it. And so for me, it, it's really cool to be able to use a nutritional calculator and then you can customize, go in and customize your meal to fit your goals. So if you're vegetarian or, or you want to do a paleo, um, you can kind of customize it to your uh, lifestyle. And so if you're gluten-free, they have a ton of gluten-free options on their menu. And the food is delicious. And there's no preservatives and 99.9% of their food. And so it's all fresh and it tastes delicious. Um, and so that's one of the reasons um, I, I uh, endorse Costa Vida. Oh, wow. Sounds like, sounds like a plan. But just come to New York yeah. City. I don't think you're in New York City. That's the next step. Come to New York City. I don't know if they're in New York. York yeah, but. they're not. They trust me, they're not. I've, I've tried to find it. So yeah, soon. That's your next, that's your next plan. That's the next okay. part of your journey. Bring it, bring it to New York. I will uh, talk do, you, to them. do you have a website? Drew, yeah, we my website find? is fittofattofit.com with the number two, um, and that's the name of my book too, Fit to Fat to Fit. Or you can go check out my glutenfreefattofit.com, which is my journey on doing gluten-free the unhealthy way for the first two months and then how to do gluten-free the right way. And it is a fascinating journey. Thank you so much. Then Thank next time you. you come on, we'll talk about my journey to get off of dairy. That's a hard one. All right, everyone, that's our show. Thanks again, Drew. And thank you, Lori, as always. And thank all of you for listening. This is Jane Wilkins-Michael. I will see you next week. Until then, be wise, be well, be better than before. Have a question for Jane and want to be on the next Better Than Before show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. The Jane Wilkins Michael Show is brought to you by Express Scripts and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org.